please give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 18 of Geeking with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I'm a geeky mom. I just started a new podcast, but I'll wait to talk about that till the end of the show. I am joined by fellow geeky mom, Regina McManamy, who is head geek at the Geek Embassy. Hey, Regina. Hi. And as always, our resident dad, Stephen Dutzman, who is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming. Hey, Stephen. Hey, what's up? It's late. It's late. <laughs> yes, yes. W- warning to everybody, we're recording, not not in Stephen's time zone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, forgive us if we get a little... Um, remember when we were recording the game of the... Uh, Geek Embassy watches Game of Thrones and we went to like 1130. Do you yeah. remember that, Regina? I do remember that. And it, it was like, t- we did like three, did we do three episodes? I think so, yeah. I think it was three of the like shorts, the last season. And we're not doing, we're not, FYI people, we're going to do an episode for every episode. Every this episode. Season. Yeah. We're not messing around with it this time. Like, no. Yeah. It was just <laughs> no too much kidding. last year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think it was Jay who who messaged me, and he's like, "You guys need to talk about this episode immediately." And it was like, oh, "Yeah, we have like another one before we're supposed to record." Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we've all just been through. Well, Steven's probably got a few hours on us, but Regina and I have just been through getting daughters to bed. Yeah, yeah, fun times. He had chocolate cake though. Yeah, so, that that makes up for it, right, Steven? Um, yeah. that's a large piece of chocolate cake. It's half eaten also. Um, <laughs> and I ate half of a pizza while you guys were putting your kids to bed. So <clears throat> spoilers to everybody. The way I stay awake is I eat. So um, that's I how I do this very often. For you. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I, yeah. Th- well, we don't do this very often. This is the first time ever that ever we have done this. The Geek Embassy records at this time yeah. all the time. But most of us are but, West Coast. Yeah. So. yeah, everybody's West Coast for yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just gonna give you guys audio. I'll record on my own and I'll just send it to you. You can just, <laughs> you can just it slice in. it in. <laughs> yeah. Insert a reverent comment here. <laughs> yeah. Games. Lots of games. So the- Lots of games. Many, so, many games. <laughs> yeah. um, so the game awards were last week. Um, this is the yearly award show. This is four. It's its fourth year, I believe. Uh, and um, well, it's the fourth year as the game awards, right? But it was um, the PGAs before, right? Yes. Um, they got crazy amount of viewership this year. I was just looking up. It's like twenty six point two million. Uh, people watch the live stream uh, at one. Oh, it was 26 million streams. We don't know right. how many of those were unique. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so it could very well be that some of that was repeated. However, tra- keeping track of the same metric, last year it was 11 million streams. So yeah. even if, and there were no catastrophic hiccups that were, you know, deliberately bumping people three and four times. So right. we can assume that it is immensely successful um you know it 1.2 million concurrent viewers on twitch i mean it's hitting its stride i mean the reality is they've been doing it for x number of years four years as the game awards jeff keely knows what he's freaking doing and um it's only going to get bigger and better yeah yeah one of the impressive things that happened is um Phil Spencer, Reggie Fizeme, and what's his name? Sean Layden. Sean, 
John Layden um, from Sony, all on stage together, um, which is interesting. I, I was I thought they were going to announce something. I thought it was. <laughs> one of, I thought something was happening. Yeah. Um, and then I put it, and then and then it was then it was just a hippie moment. But realistically, it was a hippie moment that I think, as I mean, I, as gamers of our age, mm-hmm. that was inconceivable. For right. most of the time we've been alive, like this yeah. is just they don't play nice. The fact yeah. that they played nice even for that short amount of time, it was it was very interesting. Yes, yeah, it was um, it was really cool. So there were quite a few announcements made. I wasn't that crazy about any of them. Maybe I'm just like been in this industry too long and I'm jaded. But the only I mean, thing, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> she says she says maybe she's been in the industry too long and is jaded. Yeah, I'll give you a spoiler. You're definitely have been in the industry for a long time and are somewhat jaded. Yeah. Um I mean that would well. Yeah, oh, thank you. Um the only announcement that was interesting to me was that um what's it called? The last campfire, the Hello Games thing. Mm-hmm. Um that looked interesting to me. There I mean there was a tease for a new Dragon Age, but it was just that, a tease. Yeah. So, yeah. I saw that. That was just like. What did you? What else did you want? More. Yeah. I guess. Takes, so those were the video only, games are hard. <laughs> the only things hard. that really um, got me excited. So, Stephen, what was revealed that you um, okay. really liked? So there were two things that blew up my skirt. Okay. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three: The Black Order. Uh, coming to the Nintendo Switch. That was announced during the pre-show. Um, more or less, guys, this is Gauntlet with Marvel characters. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, if, could you imagine a more me game? I mean, you can, but right. it's a pretty big deal. Um, I've been wanting, like, a multiplayer game to play with my boys, right? And I contemplated picking up Diablo and being like, we'll just play this. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's rated M, but, like... Yeah, I'll deal with it because it'll, it'll be fine because it'll be us playing together and it's not okay. a big deal. Now yeah. I don't have to do that. As long as this game is not fundamentally broken, right? Like as long as it's made and works yeah. and is okay, I'll I'll have a better experience. We can all be our favorite superheroes and run around like idiots. Um, and yeah, and the fact that they so heavily featured the Avengers means absolutely Vision is going to be in this thing. Um, so I'm very excited because I get to play Vision in a video game. Um, so that's the first announcement. Um, it's coming next year, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. Um, and then Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel on June 21st of 2019. Um, I think Activision's been killing it with bringing back their PlayStation 1 classic games. I mean, the, the Crash trilogy, I mean, it was well made if you actually liked the Crash games. Right. Congrats, I guess. <laughs> Um, I, I thought the Crash games were hot garbage, and so I thought the remake itself, it was just, there was those games, but it certainly looked yeah. nice. Um, but the Spyro trilogy is insane. It's probably one of the prettiest games I own. I'm not even Oh, joking. you have it? How is it? It's very good. Okay, good. Um, I don't have it yet. Full disclosure, they sent me a code, so... Oh, okay. Um, but... I mean, that doesn't make it any less pretty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, FCC rules and all that. But, no, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the kids can play it. Um, even Megan was able to give it a, give it a whirl. Um, and it looks amazing. And so if they just keep doing this and they just 
do that to Crash Team Racing, um, it's good for two reasons. One, apparently Crash Team Racing was good. I never played it. <laughs> that came out back when I I had to choose a side, right? Like you yeah. guys know, it's well documented. There was a period of time in my life where I had to choose a side. And I chose Mario Kart versus Crash Team Racing, which I still contend is probably the right decision, but I'm coming yeah. into it with an open mind. I think okay. the big one is right now PS4 and Xbox One don't have a good kart racer at all. They don't have Yeah, any. you're right. So um, I think this fills a void for a lot of parents. I mean, how many parents bought that Spider-Man bundle over Black Friday? They're going to be like, hey, I need, you know, we want like a racing game or something. Yeah. Crash comes to the rescue next year. Um, yeah. I do think, I agree with you though. I think the last campfire... Um, everybody listening, you have homework when you get home from driving or wherever you're listening to this. Go look up The Last Campfire on YouTube. Um, I was captivated by that trailer. Yeah. Um, I was getting some Journey vibes. Um, Definitely, yeah. And um, it was made by two people. Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, I'm always impressed by games that are made by, like, small teams. And frankly, Hello Games is a small team anyway. Yeah. Um, and they apparently have a couple other smaller projects in the works that are similar to this one in that they are passion projects from smaller portions of their team. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're all kind of coming out under this new like banner of hello games shorts. Right. So, um, which I'm really excited about. I really yeah. love the idea of games that are like, no, listen, this is going to be a short game. We're not going to charge you a million dollars and I'm going to tell you up front, it's going to be like three hours long. So shut up. Like, I'm a big fan of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, um, so let's just talk about some of the winners here. Um, God of War um, took home Game of the Year, which yes, I'm did. very happy about. Um, yeah. Did you guys think it was going to be? Red Dead I thought it would be Red Dead. Um, yeah. But um, I couldn't Dead... predict. I I really it was kind of a toss up. Yeah, Red Dead actually didn't get that much. They got audio design, and they got a lot. They got a lot. No, they got a lot. Okay, they got they were sweeping it for the most part up until God of War took Game of the Year. Um, And I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could spin it to try and figure it out, but I really just think the that of the games that were nominated for Game of the Year. God of War affected people. Yeah. Whereas Red Dead Redemption 2 was just very well made. Right. God of War was very well made. Like it actually had like an impact in terms of the story and like gameplay and stuff, right? They took a character that by and large was not a character. Mm -hmm. He was an icon. I think that's safe to say. Kratos was an icon. Um, but they made him a character and a character that I, and I'm sure a lot of, you know, being that the majority of games journalists for better or for worse are dudes. Um, the father son story is something that we all, I mean, it hit me. Right. So yeah. like a lot of the, a lot of those moments, I mean, I have a son that is Atreus's age. Right. So like yeah. it hit me, I can only imagine that it would hit them. Um, and so, I mean, it affected people also yeah, immaculately produced them. A couple of times I cried d- during some of the parenting stuff. So. Yeah, it was real good. Um, so it was absolutely deserving. Did you see the moment where they, the two, uh, the guy that did the voice and the and the the little boy, the two came out oh, and were right. presenting the award? Yeah. And oh my god! So Regina, I'm going to set the stage for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
the voice actor for Kratos is this giant man. Yes. And the voice actor for Atreus is this very small boy. <laughs> small. He looks, and he looks like Atreus. Yeah, he, absolutely, yeah. he does. They clearly didn't have a lot. I mean, it really feels like they designed the art, designed Atreus to look like him. Mm, um, yeah. So uh, they get out, and they're given, they're giving the award for I don't even it doesn't matter and so they say and now the nominees are and then they just sat there and it was super quiet and really awkward and then he looks down at the kid and he goes read it boy and in the Kratos voice and it was so amazing and everybody laughed and it was clearly a bit but like his voice like that voice just resonate like I'm never Mm -hmm. gonna forget the Kratos right like the way he spoke and the way he did all that was great. Yeah. Um, it does. It, I hope God of War carries on and keeps winning Game of the Year stuff. It's not going to do it for me, but only because I cheat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have Tomb Raider now. I still have yet to play it. You should you should play it? Well, because you've been working. Yes, I have been working. Um, yeah. But yeah, I need to play it. Um. So let's see. So um, besides the Game Awards, um, the guys over at Kind of Funny did their own game showcase. How many games were in that, Stephen? I watched 69 of them. I watched it this morning. Wow. I didn't watch it when it was on because it was on a Saturday. And I don't watch things on my computer on the weekend Mm -hmm. because I have a child. Um, Yeah. So I made a list of the – I didn't – honestly didn't care for – and I'm gonna say, I don't want to judge them before I have played them, but I was not that interested in very many of them. But I made a list of the ones that I was. So one of the things that's super funny is that Greg Miller is going to be in some guacamole. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I want to be clear. Wait, you got to get this right. It's, it's shirtless and arachnid person. It's not right. Spider- it's not Greg Miller. They're not the same right. person. Okay. Yeah, I know. So, but the funny just, thing about he that. He just takes pictures of them. I don't know if that um, if I have the same name or not, but that Portillo was in it. His dog. I'm yes. like, that's so awesome. <laughs> uh, you know that is. I'm. Yeah, that was that was definitely the coolest announcement for me. Um, yeah. I'm a huge Guacamelee fan. I'm a yeah. huge shirtless Spider-Man fan. Um, and so, uh, shirtless Spider-Man has already been in Spider-Man. Um, mm, and right, so yeah. now, uh, shirtless Spider-Man finding his way into Guacamelee 2. I mean, now we may as well just put him in Smash. I mean, let's just <laughs> make, it, make it a full crossover. Um, right. <laughs> so um, I thought that was really funny. Um, clearly, Drinkbox has a sense of humor. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny. And the, yeah. the best part is uh, you unlock it by using the inverse of the Konami code. Oh, that's so cool. So it's down, down, wow. up, up, right, left, right, left, A, B, start, I think. So yeah, it's like, like that. it's yeah. the opposite, which is cool. pretty funny. And it's free DLC. So who, I mean, yeah. and you can, instead of being a chicken, you can be a wiener dog with a bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> Named so after awesome. a hot dog restaurant. Yes, he is. And another um, trivia fact, um, if he gets too excited, he pees. <laughs> I, mean, I met Portillo at one point. And we're like, 
petting him. And uh, this was when um, Christine was living with Greg. And she's like, don't, don't get him too excited. He's going to pee. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a, to be fair, that's not just a Portillo thing. That's a, that's a, yeah. That's a, it's a common that's a little, dog. Thing. It's a yeah. little dog thing. It's definitely yeah, a little dog. As an owner of a five yeah. pound Pomeranian Chihuahua cross, I can tell you he pees a lot. <laughs> it's just what he does. He's a lot. So, um, they, so what other announcements? So you said that you weren't interested in many of them. So that means what, which ones did um, you give a crap about? Um, the moving out looked cool. Okay. That was oh my one god, of the first moving ones. out! Yeah, oh <laughs> um, Regina, let's me and uh, me and Nicole are going to sell you on this game. Okay. It's like overcooked. Mm-hmm. Do you know what overcooked is? I do. Yeah. Only you're trying to move people from like an apartment into a house, <laughs> and you can throw stuff. Yeah, you can throw their boxes and oh, couches wow. and all kinds of Just stuff. trash it. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's looks absolutely insane. Yeah. The thing that I like about it is I think it might be a little bit easier to play than Overcooked. Yeah, yeah. Um, Overcooked is really hard. Overcooked is just so hard. You have um, to really communicate with people and have your have your crap together in order to beat some of those levels. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that one looks awesome. Um. When ski lifts go wrong. Um, looks cool to me too. That's like a combo sort of amusement park type building and then playing. But I always like to build those things and watch people crash. I used to do that in Roller Coaster Tycoon a lot. So that'll hit that <laughs> note for yep. me. Um, let's see. Uh, they didn't show much of it, but the reading rush was interesting to me. Um, and then this other puzzle game yeah. that they showed called oh, Collab- yeah. Collapsis. Um, and then a supermarket shriek <laughs> that looks kind of funny too. It's I like a race. So amazed that you <laughs> and I both picked two of the games to be excited about. This never <laughs> happens. I'm gonna sell you on this game. The racing game that takes place in a supermarket. Oh. And you're in a cart. Yeah. You're in a, you're in a shopping cart with a goat. Okay. Yeah. I can be down with and that. The only way to make the shopping cart go is to make the goat shriek. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh. your that's your repulsion. Okay. Um, if I may, I showed this game to the general, <laughs> and she was like, "We are not having this in my house." <laughs> like, she did not ban it. Speaking of things that we're not allowed to have in the house, we didn't talk about it. They announced Mortal Kombat 11 at the Game Awards. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Speaking of games that are not allowed in my house, yeah. um, what I'm was okay the with problem it. with Supermarket Shriek? It looks super funny, and it's not like it's like cute. It's not like crazy like oh. graphic art style. Um, I would like to say that the uh, that the real problem with Supermarket Shriek is that my wife is no fun. <laughs> um, oh man, as you like to say, shots fired within <laughs> your own house, man. I mean. <laughs> You guys haven't met my wife, but this is how we. I've talked to her before. She and I. This is how we communicate. It's just our our entire marriage is built on mutual mockery. It's okay. Um, Mutual mockery. You should write a book and call it that. um, I am. I I have contemplated writing a book of relationship advice. Um, 
and but I, I I'm not going to because the jokes fall flat after a while. But I have I tell everyone about my inverse Spider-Man philosophy. You've heard about this, right? Uh, with I no power so. comes no responsibility. Right. Yes. yes um, I told you before. So, um, but the, there really isn't much to the book. It's basically just shirk responsibility, and then it's never your fault. Like that stops being funny in 2018. Yeah. Um, right. If I had done it 10 years ago, it would have been hilarious. I'd have been yeah. signing books. Um, you know, her problem with it is that she really has a problem with games where the entire premise is like super absurd and doing really, really stupid things. Oh, um, okay. Um, so that, that bugged her. Okay. Um, so, and also the second the trailer came on, both of our boys lost their damn minds. And she was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to deal with them playing supermarket shriek. <laughs> Um, so another of the games that I thought looked, um, really cool was a game called A Fold Apart. Um, it's like a adventure puzzle game where it's like you're folding paper to create levels, sort of a Monument Valley-esque type thing, um, which seemed really, really cool. Um, and then, I, I mean, I already knew about this game. I don't even, have they decided when it's coming out, but Jenny LeClue, um, God, I remember writing about that years ago. Pixel but they Game. confirmed that it's coming to the Switch. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. That was the uh, big revelation there. Yeah, that uh, game's been around for a while and in development hell for a bit, but right. all games made by small teams are in development hell constantly. Um, yeah. That's the definition of development hell. Um, but yeah, the big announcement was, was that it was coming to Switch, which I think is perfect for that game. Yeah, um, and let's see. Uh, Vane looked cool. That one where you're like switching between like a raven and like a person character. It was hard yeah. to tell exactly what was going on, but it looked kind of neat. I loved. I, I like the abstract art style. At one point, so I was watching this with my sons while we were getting ready for my nephew's first birthday party. So we were like crowded around like this little netbook computer, <laughs> like just you know just kind of chilling watching. And I was like, wait, did, did that dude just turn into a bird? Yeah. And um and my and uh, Jake was like, "Yep, he turned into a bird, Dad. Are we getting yeah. this game?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't know, guys." Yeah, like, it, it was a little confusing, um, but it looked cool. And then the other one I've written down, I wrote it really quickly and I didn't um, go back, but it's called Mineko's Mineko's Night Market. Mineko's Night Marking. Okay. Yeah. Regina, <laughs> let me sell you on Mineko's Night Market. Okay. <laughs> It's Stardew Valley without the farming. Okay. And instead, you collect cats. Cats. <laughs> right. On a Japanese island that's overrun by cats. <laughs> that's overrun by bats? Is that what you said? Cats. 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 Okay, so there's tons of... I thought it was like you were trying to save them from the bats or something like that. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Vampire bats or something. No, no, no. no. This is largely a non-combat game. You're okay. Minico, you're on an island that is loosely based on a legendary Japanese island that is overrun by cats. Mm -hmm. You do Stardew Valley-esque things. Relationship building and exploring and finding stuff, and then you collect cats. Okay. Yeah. So those are the ones that um, that got my attention. I'm really over the whole sort of retro look of games which you know is i'm sure is not going anywhere but you know the, the super pixel the pixelated 
Yeah, like everybody does that. And lots of those games were that art style. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, did, they did put out the call for smaller titles. With yeah. that said, The Messenger is getting a Tropical Island DLC, and I'm all right. in on that. Um, <laughs> the only game that really grabbed my attention that you didn't mention, there are a couple, but the one that you didn't mention um, was, and I talked about it on the EFG show today, um, was, oh, crap. Hold on. Let me go get it. Uh, the one with the Falcon. Um, it's a VR oh, game. right, the VR game. But it's not going to be all VR. It has VR functionality, but it is not entirely. Oh, okay. Um, because I saw that and it said VR, and I was like, oh, nope. Yeah. It's Falcon <laughs> Age. Um, you get the fist bump of your your bird friend. Right. I <laughs> saw that. Yes. Fist bump your bird friend. And uh, Jake is all in on that. He's like, wait, yeah. so you get the fist bump the bird? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, then we we're going to get this right because you can fist bump the bird. And I was like, well, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with that said, 69 announcements and they closed with, um, announcing the next episode of the walking dead. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, which... has taken over publishing that and they've gotten quite a few of the, the telltale devs to, to work on which, it, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My former um, boss, when I worked for a developer, um, the CEO, was he CEO? Yeah, he was CEO for a while. He's like CEO of Skybound now. So, oh. So that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I mean, that's, I mean, it, that, I mean, Skybound is doing some really interesting stuff. And they're doing yeah. stuff in the board game space too. Um, yeah, and it's not just games. I mean, they do movies and comics and basically any type of IP. So yeah, um, but yeah. if you're specialized in licenses, The Walking Dead is not a bad license to mess around with. Right. At least if you're not, it, it's not a great idea to do high risk stuff with The Walking Dead right now, yeah. uh, aka Starbreeze. But Skybound, I mean, doing low risk stuff sounds like yeah. a, it's a great move. Um, but yeah, I think the big takeaway from the, the kind of funny stuff um, is everybody knows a kid that wants to be a YouTuber. Yeah. Like that's, that's just a thing. And um, a lot of them, their only exposure to what it is to create content on YouTube is, and I, I say this super ironically, and you've heard me make this bit before, as a fat guy that sits in front of a webcam, like that's a lot of the YouTubers that, like when my kids see a YouTuber, that's what they think of. Uh -huh. um, and at its core, kind of funny is a bunch of YouTubers. Yep. And um, so I actually recommend that folks watch it um, to get some additional perspective of what kind of stuff, you know, like this is, this is YouTube content. Um, yeah. And it was professionally made and it was enthusiastically done by skilled individuals. Um, and I don't say that just because, I mean, obviously I'm a, you know, I support them on Patreon and all that, and yeah, but you know, yeah, kind of funny platform you want, but like they do a lot of work. Yeah, they have the benefit of leaving IGN with a lot of sort of video experience because the oh, video yeah. department at IGN is that's the high quality stuff. Yeah, they know what they're I, doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. I, I mean, I had to record um, VO for a couple of reviews that I did, um, and like I, they put me in like a sound room and everything i was like man this is 
the real deal. Yeah, I mean, they they know what they're doing, and I and I don't mean that people need to emulate them. Um, and that yeah. certainly wasn't what I was getting at. But the idea is, I think that it's. I, I talked, you know, showed this to my kids. Is like, listen, you guys want to be YouTubers? This is a thing. You can learn how to do this stuff. You can, you know, and yeah. it's not just sitting in front of a webcam. Just they are very successful. Um, and it's because they don't just sit in front of a webcam. They take it seriously. And they're also um, not assholes. <laughs> right. yes. Unlike many of the YouTube people out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Greg Miller's, you know, fame has risen exponentially, but he has managed to remain humble. Um, and he's still like the same goofy guy that, I knew when I um, was with um, with him at IGN. So, um, so, so that's that. Um, uh, the other news, um, which was this, was also announced during the Game Awards. I think um, that Magic: The Gathering has changed sort of the format of their um, tournaments, and yep. they're taking more okay. of an esports format, including right. forming a league with thirty-two mm-hmm. professionals. Um, that are getting contracts and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so, um, so uh, Stephen, you're the expert, even though I wrote a story about it for GeekWire. <laughs> Explain. Well, I, you know, I hats off. Stephen helped me with that article. So why don't you explain what the differences are? So, I mean, historically, um, Magic the Gathering put out four expansions per year. Every year had an every expansion had an associated quote unquote pro tour that was somewhere in the world, um, yeah. and pro tour you would qualify to to compete in it by one of two things: either earning pro points that gave you the ability to just automatically qualify, or winning what was called a PTQ, which was a pro tour qualifying event that was held throughout the world, um, and then everybody who was invited would go meet one place and they would have a tournament and you know, whatever. Um, and there were four of those a year. Um, the pro tour is problematic for a number of reasons. Um, part of that was because up until this particular change, Wizards of the coast really didn't know any, they didn't know how to publicize it. They didn't know how to monetize it. Um, so it really was just an expense and it didn't really do much to help make magic better or more visible. It was just mm-hmm. yeah, players that are on the poor gravy train. So we're going to pay them um, now by moving to an esports um, model, which is clearly successful when you take into account Dota and league and the overwatch league, et cetera. Um, it actually allows them to turn um they remove the pro tours because they're no longer called that. Now they're calling them mythic events and more or less they can have more of them. Um, yeah. And, you know, they can, uh, and you can qualify to participate in them a little bit differently. Um, kind of opens up um, the, it, it kind of, it opens up participation, but it also kind of gives them a little bit more freedom because the old way was a little bit, um, you know, it was archaic. Um, yeah. And it allows them to make it a promotional arm because now they can say, okay, these are our mythic level tournaments and this is how we promote them. Um, and most, the biggest piece of it is just the way that it's going to be publicized on Twitch and YouTube, et cetera. Yeah. Also, it opens them up to be able to have digital mythic events because they have MTG Arena, which is yes. new. Um, I've played it. It's Magic the Gathering 
on a computer. Like yeah. it functions the same. It has the same rules. The cards are the same. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about maybe giving it a try since I sort of um, it's got tired of Hearthstone. It, legit, it's magic. So okay. if you ever played magic before, it's magic. Nope, I, I haven't, but um, I it'll teach you. The app will teach me. <laughs> oh, it legitimately will teach you. Like yeah. it's astonishing how good it is at kind of teaching the game. Um, and to the point where you'll play Magic the Gathering Arena and then I could bring a deck to you and you would be able to play it. Mm. Like it functionally the same rules. Um, and so this gives them the ability to have digital mythic events and paper mythic events um, and flavor to taste depending on what people are playing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great way for them to promote multiple products and this was the right move. Um, it's bad for uh, some of the people that were on the Pro Tour gravy train. Mm. Um, and I think from a legacy perspective, it's kind of sad. Like, they have a Magic Hall of Fame mm. that was a referred to as a Pro Tour Hall of Fame. So if there's no more Pro Tour, what does that mean? You know, the Magic is going to have to learn how to talk about itself differently. Yeah. Um, but change is good. Yeah. So, and yeah, it should be. Successful. Many millions of dollars. Right. Like this is, yeah. this is they're playing for real dollars now. Um, yeah. You know, so whereas before it was like, oh, you win a pro tour, it's you know maybe it's just a little bit of a payday, and a lot of them had to like <coughs> play poker on the side, or like a lot of them had side jobs. Legitimately, a lot of guys that played magic, professional magic, also played poker or did other card style tournaments. Uh-huh. Now they can do it for real. The the, the potential return on winning a big tournament is way higher. Um, And they're starting it at PAX East with a $1 million invitational. Right. Yes. Um, The whole (laughs) prize pool for the entire year next year is, is like $10 million. It's nuts. And and Wizards of the Coast has the money. Magic has never been more popular. So, I mean, (laughs) they have the money and Dungeons and Dragons is never more popular. Wizards of the Coast is flush with cash. They may as well invest yeah. it right back into magic. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They're headquartered in the weirdest place in the world. Um, <laughs> which is why um, it was being covered for GeekWire. GeekWire, um, I'm doing some freelance for now. They are based in Seattle and they sort of focus mostly on tech geek stuff in Seattle. Um, but Wizards of the Coast is in Renton, which yeah. is a completely random. <laughs> yeah. It's place. like a suburb south of the airport, even, right? Yeah, 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 it's right around the airport, and yeah. it's it's just the oddest thing, oddest place for that to be. Um, but anyhow, that's just uh, an aside. Yeah. So, um, um, all right, so that's all the game stuff that I had. Stephen, was there something else big that um that you want um, to talk about? No, I think. I mean, I think it's worth at least mentioning that Fortnite has a creative mode now. Oh, right. Um, And that is a much, 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 much bigger deal than I think anybody is really making it out to be. Mm. Um, A lot of people are just saying, oh, more Fortnite news. And Mm. no, I I, I think this is me me projecting into the future. Um, I think Fortnite's creative mode is going to be the difference between Fortnite being around in 10 years versus Fortnite being around for a few more. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. And my boys are really mad that they're still grounded. <laughs> <laughs> they might miss all of season seven. 
Oh, they wow. Might... I have given I them no end date. You if you, um... Oh, you didn't give them an end date. I, was I have given them no end date. It's yeah. But before they do get to come back, we're going to sit down and it's going to be like getting a dog. Like, okay, so this is, this is your contract. And I'm literally going to have them sign a contract with me about their behavior. And I'm going to laminate it and put it in my desk. And I'm going to hold them to it. <laughs> That's like a good plan to me. Yeah. Um, oh, you'll, uh, you guys will be two of the first people to know. that's the only other thing i mean okay yeah i mean we talked briefly about the epic store on the last ish on the last episode and i think that's something that probably came out of the game awards that is worth some exploration maybe some time maybe some discussion next next episode because they came out of the gate hot yeah, the yeah, they did. Um, I've been reading some stuff that some devs are sort of having issues with um, some programming stuff. That I'm not going to go into detail about. I have to read more about it, but I saw some stories today that um, that some devs are sort of, uh, I guess their their backend or whatever is a little wonky compared to Steam's. Um, so, but you're right. I mean, they really just blew right out. Um, so. But I think they had to in order to, you know, make yeah, themselves I mean, a, a competitor to Steam. So but they got that Fortnite money. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the, I think one of the, I mean, one thing that has I haven't seen really talked about anywhere is that the Epic Launcher, like if you download it, I mean, they're giving away a free game every two weeks. Oh, really? I didn't know. Wow. So the first one is Subnautica, which is not an inconsequential game. Um, so uh, everybody, it, um, if you play PC games, uh, download the uh, Epic thing and sign up for an account um, and just let the free games pile in. <laughs> I mean, okay. they're just bu- they're basically buying everybody a free video game. And I'm kind of wow. okay. Yeah, that is that's super cool. I didn't know that. Um, it, it, I've never seen it. That's the weird part. Like nobody's really talking about that. And it feels like that's kind of a big deal. Like when we're all like, yeah. oh man, they're going crazy and they got all these, they got an, an exclusive game and like super meat boy forever. is going to be exclusive on And it's like, okay. Also they're giving everyone a free game every other week. Right. <laughs> like that adds up considering it doesn't, you know, like, yeah. Movies and TV. So we finally know um, some details about Pixar's new movie. Um, well, we know Toy Story 4 is coming, but after that's done, they've said that they're going to stop with the whole sequel bit because they had been doing original movie, sequel, original movie, sequel, and the sequels were getting a little out of well, hand. They ran out. <laughs> they ran out. They ran out. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, but, um, but so this new movie, which is coming in 20 it's going to be called onward and they announced some of the voice cast which is super cool so it's going to be chris pratt tom holland julia louis dreyfus and octavia spencer i don't know who octavia spencer is but the other three like wow uh she's from help oh okay okay you is Um, kind you is important okay um right and regina yes okay okay Cool. Um, I know so, I put your quote, but y- y'all know what I said. We got the basic right. idea. 
yeah, yeah. Um, so the, de the details that Pixar, uh, Pixar has announced is that it's set in a suburban fantasy world with two teenage elf brothers who embark on an extraordinary quest to discover if there's still a little magic left out there. So suburban fantasy <laughs> sounds really funny to it's me. Suburban or subterranean? It says suburban. <laughs> so sure, sure, yeah. whatever. Um, I'm here for Chris Pratt and yeah. Tom Holland in anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. I can get down with that. We make Bad Boys with the with the two of them. I don't <laughs> care. Actually, I would probably watch Bad Boys remade with the two of them. Um. You can't really do that because of whitewashing, I know, but I would watch them. I would watch the two of them do anything. Yeah. I want to see a cooking show with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. <laughs> uh, this sounds great. You know what? The, the only does. issue that I have with this movie is that they are 100% going to make me cry. <laughs> Just going to make me cry. That's my issue with it. <laughs> That's my only issue. Listen. I'm, I cried at the teaser trailer to Toy Story 4. So the so the, literally the <laughs> teaser trailer, the the sport. Was it the teaser? Was that the teaser trailer that was running, um, like before Wreck It Ralph? Was that the Did teaser the or is that a different? Oh, okay. <laughs> Did it have like, a spork in it with the eyes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, then that was the Correct. teaser. <laughs> they haven't shown a full trailer yet. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So far, yeah. it's just the spork. Um, yeah, okay. But, man, listen, I'm, I'm excited to see Pixar get back to doing some original stuff. Um, I think this is probably a little safe, right? But, you know. Like, yeah, it sounds wacky, um, you know, almost in the same way that Inside Out was really wacky. Like, it was sort of hard to picture what that was going to be until we right. actually saw yeah. what until it was. saw like. how they executed it. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> So yeah, so I mean, I don't think there has been a Pixar movie that I haven't liked. Well, I'm some of them I would kind of lukewarm on, like Cars. I'm like, uh, and actually Toy Story, um, I'm kind of like eh, about too. But all the rest of them, um, I have really liked. So yeah, I'm with you. They they can yeah. really do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. So bring it on. Um, and yeah. that voice cast is amazingly good. Yeah. Um. So I'm all about it. Yeah. So um, so I just mentioned Wreck-It Ralph. Um, we haven't recorded in a while, but I saw that over um, Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see it? No. Oh, um, I really uh, want to. I, I did not. I know I promised oh. that I would, but I didn't. Um, Man. You can spoil it's it so for good. me if you want. No. There's nothing really to spoil. I mean, um, you know, like, you kind of have the basic premise. It's not like it's one of those movies that you're going to be, like, super surprised by. But Right, exactly. It's just, yeah. um, it's so funny. It made me like the Disney princesses, like, for a little bit. I remember you, post, that, you posted that, I think, on Facebook. And yeah. I was like, well, I guess. The way that they are this. handled in that movie is freaking hilarious. So everybody has seen the trailer where Vanellope ends up in the princess room right, for yeah. some reason. And then they and find Cinderella's out. Cinderella's going to cut her with a glass slipper. Yeah. yeah. And at the end, they're like, oh, she is a princess. But, you know, Vanellope's outfit is she's, like, wearing a hoodie. Um, and then they touch that. Like, what kind of dress is that? Like, ooh, I like that. And then the next scene, you see them. They're all in, like, really, like, loose, cottony-type <laughs> type T-shirts. Um, and Moana's got... Um, 
got a shirt that says hashtag shiny and Ariel <laughs> has one that's got a list of the names that she calls things like thingamabobs and you know what a doodles or whatever and Man, I hope they sell those yeah and Sleeping Beauty's got one that says nap time and it's just freaking hilarious oh, awesome. um, yeah and then um the, the premise, pretty much, um, the why they're going to the internet is because Vanellope's machine, I don't remember what the name of the game is that she's Sugar in. Rush. Sugar Rush gets broken, yes. and there's they yeah. need to get a new steering wheel for it, and the only one that they can find is on eBay. So they <laughs> go into the internet to go to eBay, um, and eBay is just hilarious. Like, you're actually, like, people are walking around to yeah. auctions pulling out numbers like That's like funny. physical auctions and they don't understand it so they're like i think all you have to do is like yell the highest number and so obviously that gets them into trouble because they yell a super right. crazy high number for this thing and then they have to try to um have to get in. find a way and ralph does this thing where he gets viral um ads and makes money that way and then there's like this special room like off the side of where he was making um, his little videos, a special room called Comments. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, don't go in that room. <laughs> but he goes in and, you know, gets discouraged by the comments. Mm -hmm. It's just so funny. It's so, just so wonderful. Gal Gadot's character is super cool, too. Um, yeah. I cannot recommend that thing enough. It is hilarious. Totally worth seeing it in the theater, for sure. Um, Man, I thought we were going to talk about that more, but I'm the only one that <laughs> saw yeah. this. Um, so um, a trailer for Captain Marvel was released last week. That was. And that looks pretty cool. I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel to begin with, but the trailer looks super cool. Trailer um, it, that trailer told you everything you needed to know. She's going to oh, punch okay. the shit out of Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to punch him real hard. Um, She's Superman. Just yeah. Whatever. She's Superman. Only yeah. she's Brie Larson. That's really all we need to know. I mean, okay. She's Superman, and and on that kind of power level too. She's yeah. freaking. It's gonna be great. They did. That's yeah. like because I knew where they could go, and yeah. Um, I was really worried that they were gonna, you know, like kind of pull back on like how crazy powerful she is mm -hmm. for some reason you know right but like no they didn't like in the trailer she's flying through space with yeah. a smile on her face right. by the way yeah. Yeah. um fighting a fleet of spaceships like thanos does not even know what is happening <laughs> like it's gonna be so great and, uh, yeah. oh man oh god i'm so excited um yeah, it's going to be so good. It's going to be good. Um, everyone who's listening should find their way to the Geek Embassy Facebook page because I found and posted it there a fan redub where they actually recut the trailer and remixed it and put it to um, Survivor by Destiny's Child. And I want to be super clear, um, it made the trailer way better. <laughs> it made it way better. Um, I can't wait. I cannot Absolutely cannot wait. She's going to punch the shit out of Thanos so bad. It's going to be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, so we can't get through an episode without Game of Thrones news. <laughs> so, wait, hold right. on. There was an Avengers trailer, too. Oh, right. There was. Speaking I didn't watch. I didn't, 
I didn't look. Um, I didn't watch that trailer. Okay. I think um, I was so like uninterested after seeing the last film. I'm kind of like, whatever. <laughs> but that's just me. Speaking of being in the industry too long and being jaded, um, <laughs> oh my god, trailer was freaking cool. Um, it's oh, called Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. I just yeah, uh, it's worth it. it was not um, something where I was like, "Oh, I must watch this right now." I just, um, you, you know, crazy. I saw that it was out and then I forgot about it. <laughs> so. Girl, you crazy? You're crazy. <laughs> um, Hawkeye's back. Yeah, that was <laughs> okay. kind of the big but thing. He's not Hawkeye. <laughs> he's definitely not Hawkeye, but I don't think they're going to call him by his. I'm predicting right now, but no, I'm not betting Nicole because you're evil. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, the character, because he's Ronin, the, the character in the comics. That, I mean, he's Ronin. That's what Hawkeye is when he's not being Hawkeye. But I don't think they're going to actually refer to him as Ronin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just going to call him Clint. But he's got a ninja sword, <laughs> and he yeah. definitely killed some dudes. Um, and he seems a little angry. So, right. yeah, I don't know what a ninja sword's going to do against Thanos. Thanos beat the crap out of the Hulk, but whatever. I'm not going to go there. Um, he doesn't need to do much because Captain Marvel's going to punch the shit out of him. Right. The Hulk was having issues. Uh, so I don't think it was know. the Hulk. Oh, no? Oh, I don't want to get into all that craziness. I don't think it was actually him. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, But I also have said before, I don't believe anything that I saw in that movie. Nothing right. matters anymore. We have yeah. scrolls, and we have just nothing matters. Everything's all fake. I don't believe it. <laughs> Not until we see it. Um, so anyway, Game of Thrones news. Uh, yeah, so we've known for a while that um, some prequels are in development. One of them has actually moved on to the pilot stage. Um, everybody is sort of rumoring, saying it's called The Long Night. Um, George R. R. Martin they has been hitting, um, hinting that it is set, you know, thousands of years before um, the current Game of Thrones, and we're going to see, like, the White Walkers for the first time and how they came into being and all that good stuff. Um, we found out some of the cast, um, which is pretty cool. Um, Naomi Watts is going to be uh, a lead character, and um, Josh Whitehouse, who I don't know, really. But Naomi Watts got my attention. Um, so... So that's cool. I mean, I, there are lots of potentials there because um, the Starks have uh, that family had been around for like the entire time. So there's a good possibility that we may see some of the early Starks uh, in this um, and maybe Lannisters, too. But uh, but I'm super excited. So the pilot um, is shooting next year and um and I guess we'll see. So if I, I mean, you know, technically pilots can get, you know, the show can not be greenlit to go into full production, but I'm like, really like how, how will HBO not say yes to a Game of Thrones <laughs> prequel show? Like, you know, like how would you, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I su- that. Yeah. I suppose it's possible, but I mean, I yeah. So, yeah. so we're it would have to be that. catastrophically bad. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it would have to be catas. Like I'm, I'm struggling to imagine. Yeah. Like, but it would have to be just a mechanical, like, 
It would have yeah. to be as bad as one of the cat boxes in that game where the planet is infested by cats. <laughs> have to be that bad. Late at night, I'm gonna make dumb jokes. <laughs> it's not even that late for you guys. It's not. No. No, it's really not. It's late for Stephen. Yeah. It's like one in the morning for me, and I and that joke was like a little bit. All right, anyway. Um, let's say, um, Just trying to try to tie things together. Is pilots gonna? They're gonna make a lot of a lot of money making spinoffs yeah. of Game of Thrones. So, yeah. Roll with it. Yeah, and I'm glad because I'll have something to talk about long mm-hmm. after the show ends, um, the current show. Um, so what else? So on uh, on Black Friday, Hulu was running a special where you could get an entire year of um, limited commercial, quote-unquote, version for 99 cents a month. So I finally pulled the trigger on Hulu so I could watch Handmaid's Tale, and I just binge-watched that. I still can't believe you binge watch that show. After I specifically said, "Don't binge watch the show." <laughs> I, I don't know. To, binge, though, watching, I... binge watching *A Handmaid's Tale* sounds like something that's not good for your mental health. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you do some self care afterwards? <laughs> no, I had. I mean, I just had to. Um, it is a like, good story. I will say we did watch the first three episodes in one night, so I get I get it. That was always available yeah. at the time. And all of it is really good. Um, I was worried because, like, the second episode of season two where she's, like, um, in hiding. Yeah. That one I thought was really slow, like, that episode. It's just her, like, hanging out in different places. And then it had the section in the colonies with um, Emily. Oh, right, where she kills that, the wife who comes yeah. in. Yeah. That part was interesting, but that that episode was really slow, and I'm like, oh yeah. man, I hope but, this isn't going to be a Westworld thing. But it's yeah, not, so. I, I think I think it was important to have a like slow episode because so much happened so fast after that. I mean, in terms yeah. of the, in terms of the pacing, and I also think it was meant to kind of show you exactly how excruciating it was for her mm. to be isolated at that point because yeah. you know one of the things about like the structure of society, especially for the handmaids, is that they're never, they're never really alone. Like somebody is like tracking their movements at all times. And so to have like the freedom of movement and to kind of process through like, cause she does the whole like um, alter to the people who died and getting their pictures and like, like kind of like grieving in a way, not just for the people there, but Mm -hmm. for the society that was lost. Yeah, this take this takeover, and you know how they changed everything. So, I think it's an important episode. But I agree, it did. The hardest part I had in the first couple of episodes of season two is when she cuts the the thing off her ear. Oh, (laughs) this episode ends. It's just blood like all over the way down. I know. I was like doing the cringe when she was looking at. Yeah, she was looking at her lobe, and she's got the scissors, and I'm like, oh man, I know. I know it's just like, uh, um, but you know, yeah, like, I mean, this stuff? <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like that just, um, you know, people like use the expression like, oh, it tugs at your heartstrings. And I'm going to say from a mom, it doesn't just tug at them. It yanks them. Oh my God. It's just, like, oh my God. And, and I'm glad you're watching it. So when season three rolls around, you can be on the show when we do the Geek Embassy yeah. watches because I've been the only mom and I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't understand Understand like you don't understand what it means to like 
you know. Yeah, the episode where she's not her her daughter. Oh, God, I almost died. I almost died. First one, the daughter doesn't really remember her. And then she's sort of saying, like, why didn't you come look for me? And then at the end when she's leaving and she's screaming, Mommy, I was like, oh, my God, can this get worse? I know. And then I was like, that visit was like more torture than anything else. But yeah. But see, so then, okay, obviously, we didn't give a spoiler warning. We probably should have. Yeah. Um, Because we had a bit of... um, uh, dissent in our discussion um, on the Geek Embassy about the finale. Now, when she in the season two finale, yeah, where she makes the decision to um, to let the little baby go and go back, yeah, essentially for Hannah, um, yeah. approaches her but older daughter. I also think a little bit she's going back for Serena too. That was one of the mm-hmm. things that I loved about the show was how. Like, especially with Serena, Complex. like you got the empathy, you like you've started mm-hmm. to feel real empathy for her and yeah. then do something. Start cutting her fingers off. And <laughs> she would just yank you back out, like how yeah. she was being really nice to her yeah. for a while. Like she threw like the little party with the other handmaids. Yeah. But then when, um, when June asked her if she, if she could see her daughter, right. then she like totally slipped back into like, you know, right. mode. Yeah. Um, but the way that it ended, I feel like June and Serena, you know, they had developed something mm-hmm. that was more um, positive, I think, than negative by the end at be. that point. I don't um, know. I didn't. That You didn't, you didn't get no, that? No, no. I pretty much thought she was going back for Hannah. And, and well, I because, definitely think that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and maybe, I, maybe it's, it's Hannah and it's to see what change she could actually bring. Yeah. You know, what kind of revolution she could actually in like once she knew that her other daughter was safe and you yeah. know, could go elsewhere um, and was yeah. going to get out. Once she knew that she could go back and and, you know, lead whatever revolution she was going to lead. Um, yeah. But I can't like the underground, you know, railroad of Martha's that got her out. Yeah. I'm like, I just can't even imagine what they're going to be thinking. when She's right. like, <laughs> yeah. Like she fucking leave. Like we all put ourselves at risk for this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, and then the guy, um, the professor where Emily was posted at the end. Like once he came out was sort of acting all weird and funky, and I'm like, he's not gonna be like a normal you know, of one of the guys. He's definitely there's something different because he knew about her past and was trying to talk to her about it and all that kind of stuff. So um but it's you know it's funny um in the first season and I'm reading um we can work in our book discussion now, but I'm rereading the book because I hadn't read it for years and I was sort of curious, but I'm think I don't know if I'm right or not, Regina, you might be able to tell me that the end of the book um, uh, is the where the end of the first season yeah, is. The first so, season. Yeah. yeah. So I think the second season they've just taken, yeah. taken it yeah. and run with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been the announcement that she's writing a second book now. Oh. I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's been announced that she's doing that. I don't know if it's going to be the story from the second season or more of it, mm-hmm. but. Um, cause I haven't read the book and Isabella talked about it on the show. Um, I have it. I have her copy somewhere in this yeah. massive pile of stuff. I'm I supposed see to see, uh, uh, her writing it from like Serena's point of view. That would be interesting. The same story. Yeah. I'm actually signed up for the masterclass with her. Um, oh. she's doing a creative writing one and one of the, um, 
one of the tips that she gave is to like not be afraid to sort of start something from one character's point of view and write it that way right, and then change. move to a different character and write it from that point of view mm -hmm. and sort of see which one right. makes the most sense. So I'm thinking like maybe writing from someone else's point of view might be um, the path that she might take. Um, I was also surprised that she had the little um, cameo in the first episode. Yeah. I wasn't actually sure it was her yeah. um, because she's so out of focus. I'm like, that looks like her. I think that's yeah. what I looked it yeah. up and it was well, her. Well, she was very much involved in the, you know, in the yeah. production. She's got an executive producer credit and and I think she helped write because, you know, it's the the book is told just from June's point of view. So we yeah. had to get all the stories of what happened to everybody else in there, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, very good. I very much enjoyed it. Um, I thought I mean, I knew I was going to enjoy it for the most part. And then yeah. especially after you said it was that good. So yeah, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, though, I mean, it, it is, is some of the best like storytelling visual storytelling I think I've ever seen ever. Yeah, and like I can't stop thinking about that scene where um, right at the beginning of season two when they're punishing everybody for not stoning Janine oh, and they yeah. threaten them with hanging and it's uh -huh. got that Kate Bush song. Oh yes. I'm like, oh my God. I cannot yeah. stop thinking about that. Yeah. And I was gonna post a link to it to do the video on Facebook and then I'm like no, that's yeah. I can't post, I'm like I don't like I like I can self-traumatize, but I will not like <laughs> yeah, you know, put that on anybody else unless they're voluntarily putting themselves through this. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I mean that it. that scene just like yeah. it's still like in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, I did the binge watching because I just had to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, coming you know, next. it's a compelling yeah. story. I like I said, I was thankful that I couldn't because we watched it, you know, as the episodes came out. So we yeah. watched the first three of the first season because that's what they did is drop the first three and then they came out once a week. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember going to bed that night and I'm like, or actually, I don't think we finished all of them the first night that we got like through two and we're like, I think we need to stop now. We're going to go bed. <laughs> The first yeah. one's pretty intense too, because it sets up the whole story and everything. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I was sort of, you know, at the beginning, I, I knew what was going on, mm -hmm. um, even though I hadn't read the book for years. It, right. You know, I knew what it was going to be like. So mm -hmm. um, that way, like the first, most of the first season was not surprising yeah. to me at all. Um, even though I'm going back and rereading the book, and one thing that's nice is that they take and stuff. Um, like word for word from the book, like some of her monologue in the show. Right. Um, is yeah. exactly the same as it is in the book. Um, it's the same too. I need to read it. I'll probably read the book before season three comes around. Yeah. Because the one, yeah. um, the one metaphor in there that I really like in the book that made it into the show was um, like, if you're sitting in a gradually heating bathtub, you would boil right. yourself before you would yeah. realize it. You so, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that was very yeah. good. If you've got Hulu, do it. But that brings up something like not really related <laughs> to um, anything that we're watching, but I have the limited uh, advertising, uh, limited commercial version of Hulu. Yeah. So I'm seeing commercials for like the first time in four years, <laughs> four or five years. And one of the commercials is uh, for a DNA kit. It's like a holiday ad for a DNA 23 kit. 23 and me. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. It's like bring your family closer together. Yeah. And I'm like, or further apart. Right. 
is this a good idea? Yeah. As a gift. Like, really? I don't know. I know. I, mean, I thought about it, and then I was like, man, I just, I would just find <laughs> out ex- exactly how crazy white I am. Okay. I, and <laughs> I want to know if I'm the only person who thinks this. But every time I see these, like, do, you know, 23andMe and whatever the, the other, and there's another couple of uh, things to do the same thing. All I can think about is the X-Files. And I'm like, people, did you not get the warning from the X-Files? Which was like, you give them your genetics and they're going to turn you over to the aliens. Like, come on, people. You don't know what they're going to do with that information? You're definitely. Except for the aliens part. He's like, why would somebody turn over their entire genome to a company? Right. So, um, and there's already been talk about how they're gonna. I don't know. There, I saw, I saw a couple articles about how they were gonna sell some of the information out, and I was just like, oh god, yeah. it's doing. like a Westworld hat, right? Basically, yes, exactly. Yes, it's exactly the same thing. Like, no, no, no. I'm a volunteer. You do not volunteer. Do not give this. I don't understand. <laughs> I just made the aliens joke to be funny. I'm not like not yeah. talking about like they really, but you know, the power that they could, what they could do right. with that. It's just, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny that you say that because I was, I was telling Isaac about this commercial and how I thought it was the most bizarre thing to suggest as a holiday gift. And he said that exact same thing. <laughs> Minus the alien part. It's like, why would you hand over your information? Do you not watch X-Files? <laughs> one who was there like that was the most popular show and like the whole yeah. like overarching story was about like having everybody's DNA on file and how messed yeah. up that was yeah god I love that show I know I really yeah. wish that they hadn't tr- tried to do the the um, yeah the revisiting yep. of it just I was like just let it be just you know just stop that's the way I was with um sex in the city too yeah um, after the first movie and then they did the second they were doing the second movie. i'm like no just yeah. stop like don't ruin yeah. it <laughs> Seriously. we're already on the precipice of this can't we just back away now? yeah that's one reason why i am super happy that game of thrones is ending like right. they have the story ending and you know, as much as I would love to continue talking about that show, um, and I'm still going to be able to experience things in the world as long as they're doing prequels and spinoffs, but I am so glad that they have an ending to the story. Right. So. Yeah. Books and comics. Were you guys um, reading anything? Because I'm just reading Handmaid's. Oh, Stephen's reading final. What is that? The Final Fantasy? What? I went to no, no. It's not just an art book. I went to Target <laughs> and Dark Horse Comics. Uh-huh. Believe it or not, um, Target. Really? <laughs> don't be. It, you won't be as surprised when I finish. No, I just, I just think it's awesome that Dark Horse is at Target. Like. I mean, I know they're they're like going to the geeky market. I get it. As I said, it won't sound as amazing when I'm finished. (laughs) Shutting up. Dark Horse is publishing um, a series of encyclopedias based on game franchises. And I stumbled across the Final Fantasy Ultimania Archive Volume 1 covering Final Fantasies 1 through 6. 
and I was not feeling super well. And so I knew that I was very likely to need to sit in a bathtub for several hours. So I was like, I'm going to buy an encyclopedia about Final Fantasy. And um, I did. And it's amazing, guys. <laughs> um, okay. So I could, this could be an edge case, being that I am a giant dork. <laughs> but the math on someone listening to this podcast and also being a giant dork Kind of high. Kind of <laughs> high. Um, so this goes through Final Fantasy 1 through 6 and shows cool character art <coughs> and interesting story beats and how they were written. And they they give excerpts from the design documents. Oh, like, wow. This, this like oh, some yeah. deep... They actually have a, a, hand, a scan of a hand-drawn map wow. of one of the towns... Taking into showing how they had to take into account how few different colors and sprites they could use. And they talked about how they save memory with sprite data and how they made the animations for the different sprites on the world map work. All this really fascinating stuff. And then they talk about some of the narrative stuff and some of the interesting quotes. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Um, this gets real into the weeds. Um, and it goes through Final Fantasy 1 through 6. There are going to be three volumes. Um, I will own all of them now. <laughs> uh, but they also have one for Zelda, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I was um, just going to ask you if they were the ones that did the Zelda one. Um, th there's a different Zelda one. Oh, okay. Not the one that you're thinking of. There's another okay. Zelda one. Um, but also there's a Super Mario Brothers encyclopedia, which I thought about, but... Uh, the Final Fantasy one is way on, uh, way on my uh, list first. Um, yeah. It's forty bucks um, is the retail price, and this is worth every penny if you're a Final Fantasy fan. So yeah. just in time for holidays, um, and right now it's a Target, and the Target's thirty percent off the list price. So I actually paid twenty seven dollars for it, and it's outright theft for that price. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, especially yeah, if you're a big fan of the series. Right. I actually have a Stephen King book that is sort of like that. It's not called Encyclopedia. It's called like Stephen King Illustrated or whatever. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. And they've got stuff in there that's like they show you um, some of the pages from a first draft of his novels with like mm -hmm. his notes and whatever scrawled in the, in the margins. And interesting tidbit the first page of the gunslinger did not get changed at all. Oh, wow. Not at all. <laughs> Nothing from it got changed. Just the first page, but still. Right. But still, have, you know. To have any of it, yeah, not be yeah. changed. Yeah. Pretty impressive. But um, so the other book um, that I just finished um, was the second book of the Winter Night trilogy called The Girl in the Tower. And this is a like a Russian fairy tale esque, um, very similar to Uprooted, um, which is one of my favorite books of recent memory. Um, and it's funny, it's a trilogy. I finished the second one. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go download the third one now. And the third one doesn't come out until January. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> I really want to read this now. Why do I have to wait? But anyhow, um, I did start reading Fire and Blood. Um, and boy, is that like reading a history book. <laughs> I, I will go back to it eventually. Um, but even as someone who loves Game of Thrones, that was a little, 
so it's a little much um and actually the first part of it is actually the same as the one that was in that um the world of ice and fire book that i got the huge mm -hmm. tone. yeah um, so the first the first part of it is actually the same um which is kind of you know i don't know i assumed that it was going to be written sort of in like a more from some of the characters point of views but it's the same deal as what the world of ice and fire was and that it's um written supposedly by uh one of the maesters so it's more of an objective you know telling of the story uh like a history book and i was hoping it was not going to be like that but anyhow so and that's only the first volume it doesn't even get all the way up to the mad king there's gonna be another volume of it. right oh my so, yeah. yeah um but right i mean right now i think i'm well not irritated but bored because it's the same stuff i already read in the world of ice and fire books so i'm waiting to kind of hit the new stuff um but um but that's me regina um have you been reading anything i've been reading the spy with red balloons so i continuing on in the series um but i think i have the same issue the narrators are too close like you said mm -hmm. with the girl with the red balloon um, but the story is more, I mean, the first one is super interesting too, but this one is pretty interesting. It's, it's a brother and a sister, so it makes kind of more sense that their voices are pretty close. Yeah. Because um, brother and sister. Um, but it's dealing with, um, um, they're trying to deliver uh, the bomb, like the A-bomb with, with the balloons, oh, okay. with the magic. In this in the story, so um, it's really it's really interesting. It's, it's like a whole different because you're seeing it, it's looking at the magic in terms of like how it came to be what it is. So oh, okay. Technically, before the girl with the red balloon, because that was in the eighties, the right. late eighties. So yeah. um, you know, it's it's kind of going back in that. Yeah. Um, and there's not as much fixation on like there's a lot of stuff talk in the other book about like clothing and stuff like that to like right, it yeah. the 80s right there's a lot yeah. of talk about that all that's gone from this one because it's much more focused on yeah the science and all that stuff so yeah one of the things that i found really interesting um is the the whole way that they did the balloon magic and how yes. it's like mathematical yes. and you know using people's dna and whatnot mm -hmm. to actually that was really interesting to me yeah and that they, they get that more worked. in depth into that in this one because oh, okay. because the science it because it's like i said it's it's a prequel essentially to the other yeah. book um but it's also needing to deal with like delivering something that's bigger like at this point all they can deliver with the balloons are letters if right. they haven't figured out like the actual science of it to like because you know eventually they end up transporting people spoilers right. but you know whatever yeah that's the beginning of the very beginning of the book, but yeah. um, the first book. So looking at how like the science evolved out of it has been super, super cool. So I recommend awesome. it for that, even though I said, I still think, like you said, the narrator voices are a little too tight. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's not something that would keep me from reading mm -hmm. the book. Like, um, I wasn't sure if that was a line for you, but it's yeah, no, no. I mean, I yeah. liked the first one, and like I said, the third book in the um, Divergent series had the two voices that were yeah. I was it was it was even worse than mm -hmm. um, Girl with the Red Balloon because I literally would forget who was talking. Who was talking, yeah. And this you can't because they're in completely different situations now. Mm -hmm. She's in yeah. Georgia, and he's in um, Germany or flying into Germany. So. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's interesting. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or any other feedback, you can send an email to geekingmoms at gmail.com. That is also our handle on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page. I have just started a solo podcast all about Game of Thrones. Go figure. Um, <laughs> but I have Stephen to thank for the idea. He was like, hey, you should do this. And I'm like, hey, maybe I should because <laughs> it's not really that much of an effort. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let me just go talk about this thing I love. <laughs> yeah, so the whole history episode, I just talked. I didn't make any notes about anything. Just talked about what I knew. Um, as I'm watching the episodes, I'm making some notes about what happens. Um, but what I'm doing now is episode by episode um, look at the show starting from season one going all the way up through season seven it's called geeky thrones girl and it is now everywhere um yeah. including itunes it's uh, everywhere i've um, recorded on anchor but um i just got the note a couple days ago that it was accepted on itunes so now it's pretty much everywhere um and i have an email for that uh which is geeky thrones girl gmail.com uh I don't have a special Twitter for that. Um, my handle on Twitter is <laughs> is at Nicole Tanner. I can't manage too many different accounts. No, I know we've got so and we've got so many between all of us already. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Regina, as mentioned at the top of the show, head geek at the Geek Embassy. Um, we just we just did our big hangout. Yes, that's Do what I talk about. That yeah. Yeah, go check out our um, best of 2018 geeky best of 2018 hangout. We have it up on our YouTube channel for the Geek Embassy, and also now as a podcast, so you can listen to us geek out for two hours. I think we went about two hours. Yeah, it was right? a long one. Yeah, well, well, at least close to two hours. But there were a lot of us. <laughs> we had a lot yeah. of people geeking out and a lot of fun stuff that we talked about. So go check that out. Um, I am also been inspired by Steven to start my own anchor podcast. Um, I have not yet been quite as prolific as Nicole has been. Um, <laughs> and I only have two episodes out right now. Um, but I'm going back over some of my dissertation research and talking about Game on Girl, um, kind of the basis of where I started from with that research and um, the gamer types. So I have an introductory episode up, and then I've talked about self-gamers, um, which was like the most prominent group that I saw in the research. Uh, tomorrow I will be recording uh, the role player episode, talking about the role players. Um, so that'll be out by the time this episode goes up. So go check that out. I'm also on everything now. I just got like, I mean, they, they have them on platforms I didn't know about, so. I know exactly. <laughs> I was like, I got all of a sudden the slew of emails came in and I'm like, I don't even know these. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, so it's on iTunes, so you can get it. It's called Game on Girl on the Go, um, recorded mostly in my car. <laughs> cool. All right. Steven is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming, and he's got an anchor podcast, too. Do you want to talk about that, Steven? Sure. Um, so first off, uh, I've been uh, – Full of good ideas lately. Uh, Regina can. Um, awesome. Uh, Regina can uh, attest to that. So yeah, I I am on a lot of podcasts. It occurred to me. Uh, besides this one, I have Engage, a family gaming podcast, which is a weekly, mostly podcast alternating between video games and board games. But my anchor podcast is the EFG Daily Commute, and I just recorded episode twenty eight today. 
Um, basically, every time I'm in a car by myself and don't have another podcast to listen to, I record a new episode. Um, whether it's just me or it's with my kids, um, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Today, I talked about why the 3DS is not dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday, I defined a bunch of different kinds of video content on the internet that about games. Um, and tomorrow, I'm going to talk about why Fortnite is less of a game and more of a place. Mm. Cool. Oh, and while recording one of these, you actually, um, what did you drive into Massachusetts or something? No, uh, so yeah, I <laughs> accidentally drove oh, to Worcester, Massachusetts <laughs> while recording an episode of Engage, a family gaming podcast with my son, Evan. So here's what happens, right? Like I, when I'm driving on the highway and I am recording a podcast, um, I am fully aware of everything around me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know cars and whatever, but like um, I depend on the way I get where I'm going is I depend on landmarks. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it was dark because it was nighttime. I was a little tired um, and I kept recognizing um, <laughs> landmarks and, you know, the, oh, it's this turn. Oh, okay. There's this construction. And I could have sworn that I was just getting there and time flew and eventually Evan said, hey, dad, where's what's Worcester? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what are you talking about? And so I pulled around and, uh... I told my wife, and she was like, oh, my God, is everything OK? And before I could say anything, Evan said, it's OK, mom. We're back in Connecticut again. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they're never going to let me live that down. Um, but no, I. I'm not um, gonna let you live that down. That wasn't either. It, but it was really funny. Um, yeah. I own it. So yeah, I mean, I do. I do uh, record in my. I do record uh, the EFG Daily commute in my car in the morning. Basically, I start. I hit record as soon as I get in my car uh, with my coffee uh, from Dunkin' Donuts, and I keep going until I run out of stuff to talk about. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. I, I very much enjoy hearing your turn signal. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, start, I listen back to my episode. And I'm like, oh, right, my turn signal game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's a, it's the, you get the full experience with me, including right. me reacting to trucks like barreling <laughs> past me on the highway, or it's just it's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. You're you're yeah. joining me on the yeah. path. Yeah, when I was recording, I recorded two episodes today. I wanted to catch up because Anchor actually crashed on me on Friday, and I lost a whole episode, and I was so mad that I just wasn't going to do it again. But I've learned my lesson. I'm recording both on my computer and my phone at the same time um, so as not to lose a whole episode. But I realized today that I didn't know the Night's Watch oath by (gasps) heart, and I'm like, I know. Like what? I'm shocked. How do I not know the Night's Watch show? <laughs> I I think of you know, and I was thinking afterwards. Like if I really sit and think about it, then I'll know it. But I was just you know talking right, away. Right, trying to like yeah, yeah. And, and nobody wants me to hear recite the the whole thing anyhow. No. So um, all right, all right. Uh, well, I think that wraps it up then. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back with you in two weeks. I swear. Well, no, I mean, I shouldn't swear. We yeah. haven't been recording very often, so but we'll try. We'll try to be back. It's gonna get better. I swear. Like yeah. I'm not gonna be insane. So yeah. 2019 right. consistency. I promise. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.